giving us a sense of where we've been and where we're heading. Um, if you uh, have been around this church over the course of the last year, you know that the Legacy of Love campaign has sort of dominated the headlines of St. John's Episcopal Church. Uh, this is a campaign that has been uh, well-led and uh, utterly successful to date. We still have some work to do, and we're going to get a report from our campaign chairs um, in a bit on the focus. But I just, I, I have to mention uh, how grateful I am for those of you who have thrown yourself in uh, to the conduct of this campaign um, and are putting your, your shoulders and your heart uh, toward its success. It is an exceedingly ambitious campaign for a church our size. Um, our context here in Jackson Hole gives us maybe a greater chance of success than in other parts of the country. Um, but if, if you evaluate the feedback that we received uh, from our, our campaign consultants who have uh, since left us, uh, we are the most successful campaign in the over 100-year history of their firm. Uh, we will be uh, a wild success when we meet our goal of $18 million and, and push across that threshold. So, way to go, church. <laughs> 2023 has seen expansion of mission and ministry in a lot of different areas. It's been a wonderful year. Um, we have been hard-charging as staff, vestry, and lay leadership of this church. We have experienced uh, a huge uptick in folks coming and taking part in our adult formation. Uh, we, I think there were something like 407 more people um, attending classes uh, in 2023 over and against 2022. And that's been an area that um, we've wanted to develop for a long time, expertly led by the Reverend Brian Nystrom, of course. Um, and we've sought to create content that would be compelling, that can serve us um, in our lives here today, um, 2023 then, 2024 now, um, where, you know, we might do a, a class around... Um, the Council of Nicaea a few years ago. Um, this year we offered classes on brokenness and wholeness and what it looks like um, to be a person seeking to embody the faith um, here in the very present. Uh, we've had a wonderful expansion of our choir under the leadership of Ron Fabry. Um, it's so nice to see um, so many more smiley smiling faces and singing voices on Sunday mornings and at other time. Um, we knew before uh, the Reverend Dr. Travis Helms joined our staff a couple of years ago that we were beginning to use this tool of poetry. And Travis and Brian together have done a wonderful job of helping us expand this tool. Um, if you're asking me, if you're scratching your heads and you still haven't been to um, one of our offerings around poetry, you're like, why poetry, Jimmy? Um, it's a great question. It's not only because we're lovers of that art form and many of us here 
um, love to play with words and concepts. It is um, at times of cultural confusion and strife that we can list back toward the arts as a tool, creativity, to help us understand, to help us find some grounding and connection in ourselves when we look out across uh, the cultural climate and things don't quite make sense. And I don't know, uh, I don't mean to speak for you, I'll speak for myself, but the, the course of our cultural development over the last several years has become quite confusing, um, at least to me. Um, we are living more and more in the extremes, and if you know anything about the Episcopal Church and the Anglican tradition, we have always sought as a people, a people called out as a church and as a church tradition to embody the middle. The via media is the Anglican and Episcopal way. And so we've been having an awful lot of fun uh, with poetry. Um, though we didn't have a partnership with our Presbyterian brothers and sisters in the handing out of ice cream last year. Um, we, we forged our way on our own. Um, we, uh, given the fact that we were one church doing this work, uh, gave away, I mean, so much ice cream in this town over the course of the summer. I don't know if you were around for the 4th of July parade or if you know if you have in your mind the parade route, which takes a 90-degree turn, we ran out of ice cream at the 90-degree turn, basically after giving away something like 1,200 um, ice cream bars. It was amazing. And, and look, uh, sometimes people uh, might think, like, well, let's get serious about what we do. We are serious about what we do. We're serious about putting a smile on people's faces in an unexpected way um, during a time when our culture experiences those kind of rocky extremes. We have continued the Carolyn Houghton Season of Light campaign where we have uh, both helped people um, with their utility bills, but we've also begun to expand that into other areas as Lower Valley has engaged in more process around support and, and engaged more programs in supporting those who struggle to um, pay their energy costs. Um, what I would say is I think that we would see a lot more expansion in the future. What does that look like? That looks like um, probably fuel, um, getting into a place where um, we are helping support um, those working families who are commuting um, from Victor and Driggs, places as far away as Teutonia, Rexburg, and Idaho Falls, or down um, south of the canyon, um, Alpine and Star Valley, uh, Etna. There is a huge um, constituency of Jackson Hole workforce who comes from those places and struggle um, to make in, ends meet so we could see um, more expansion in the future. Uh, 
Mary and Brian have done a tremendous job of continuing to engage uh, mission and ministry on the Wind River Indian Reservation. Um, many of you know that we send one of our clergy over there once a month to take services to give um, those local native clergy a break. Um, their, their jobs of overseeing the entire constituency uh, of the reservation are exceedingly demanding. And, and we quietly and lovingly slip in um, and give some help there. We are also beginning to create um, more dialogue around how we might support uh, those, those campuses, those Episcopal campuses in Fort Washakie and Ethity, and particularly have begun um, conversations around looking at the restoration of a building on the, on the campus over at Ethity. So I would expect even more there. And then you'll see also in the report, there is mention of, of work that we have done in partnership with the Texas-Wyoming-Ukraine support. Many of you have given financial resource over um, to Bill Hayes and his crew. And I, I don't want to overstate our work there. Um, what the, the position that we serve is the nonprofit sponsor of that work. Um, Bill, I think, who is still in Eastern Europe right now, um, and his uh, collective of leadership are doing the on-ground work, mostly in Poland, um, and then an awful lot comes across the Polish border into Ukraine to support St. John's is the fiscal sponsor there, so we are receiving the donations, passing them through to the work um, that they are doing around war relief um, in Poland and Ukraine. And it is a tremendously encouraging mission that they do there that is remarkably loving. We've also, in 2023, witnessed a number of new initiatives um, new-ish in 2023 was Gathering of Women. I think we began in 2022. Um, but uh, how continue to grow this monthly Tuesday evening meeting of worship, meal, conversation, mutual support under Mary Erickson's expert guidance, along with a number of you who come and help get that um, program done. It is really encouraging in my mind to see groups of us beginning to meet um, in support and nurture of one another at times other than Sunday morning. I don't mean to say that um, the ideal goal at St. John's would be getting you back to our campus several times a week. I, I don't mean to say that at all, but I do mean to say that um, building uh, trusting, intimate, supportive relationships on this campus is critically important, especially in our, our ability to sow love, to spread love and, and make a difference across the valley and well beyond. Um, we have also um, seen uh, a new initiative over at Sage Living, um, our nursing and 
retirement community attached to St. John's Health, uh, Christie Lockery, uh, deacon in our midst, but not here at the meeting today, has begun a deacon's mass over there monthly and a tea, uh, attracting and serving a number of folks um, who live at Sage Living. It's a it's a wonderful uh, little neighborhood under under a roof over there, and and Christy and some of her other lay leaders have been helpful in doing that. We saw uh, a very successful mission trip in partnership with Amos Health and Hope in Nicaragua under um, Carol Harvey's leadership, along with a number of you um, who went to uh, Managua and began to learn more about Amos, came back energized, encouraged our vestry um, to create a formal partnership with Amos. Um, that's led to our ability to make some additional connections within our pews that have given um, enormous added support to Amos itself. And then we uh, will, at the end of February, launch our second mission to Nicaragua, which will not be um, city-bound, but will be um, helping people on the ground with basic health care needs in the rural villages um, of Nicaragua. It's a wonderful opportunity. We, of course, have not surrendered um, our mission and ministry to Cuba. We expect to have that um, right alongside Amos and all these other um, initiatives that we've done. I would just say that Cuba has been um, quite complicated for us to engage our brothers and sisters down there over the course of the last several years um, from uh, the chaos that COVID brought to the country um, and, and an extended chaotic period for um, the country of Cuba itself. Um, as I understand, um, the vaccine available to them um, was the Russian vaccine that is not quite as effective as the one. So their pandemic lasted a little longer. And then there's also been some change in leadership um, with Bishop Griselda um, retiring and a local Central American bishop stepping in at least part-time. And so it's been tricky for us to get back down to Cuba, but I do know we have a small contingent um, gearing up to visit at least Havana in the spring. Another complicating factor in Cuba has been um, the vehicle that used to transport us from Havana to Favorito is... Uh, well, está muerto. It's dead. It's gone. There is another vehicle um, in Florida um, waiting, but it's been complicated in getting that vehicle to Cuba. And because we travel on religious visas, um, we are not able to rent vehicles. Um, so it's just, uh, it's been very tricky. Um, but we uh, do find creative ways um, to get a little extra support to our brothers and sisters from time to time, um, including some that will we'll head there uh, this Tuesday. We have also experienced uh, expansion in uh, our campfire ministry. Uh, Travis 
has done a fantastic job in building out uh, this new monthly meeting called Campfire, and we have had everything from um, quite accomplished poets to legendary Jackson Hole skiers um, talking about the conduct of their art um, and also how it informs their spiritual practice. Um, if you haven't been to Campfire yet, you might want to consider going. Uh, it, it seems to fluctuate between like 50 and 100 people. Um, that's a lot more of a reach than we are used to. We also, uh, under Mary and, and Chandler's leadership, hosted our first ever indigenous art market through a, a chamber tourism grant and a grant from uh, the Episcopal Foundation for the Diocese of Wyoming. It was a wonderfully successful experience where we had 18 indigenous artists um, coming to Jackson and selling their art. You might um, be scratching your head like, well, there's a lot of um, Native American art around Jackson. It's absolutely true. Um, the vast majority of that art is um, painted, drawn, created by white artists. Um, different than what we have done here by welcoming indigenous artists um, to uh, both uh, show and sell their artwork here on our campus. Expansion, new initiatives. Where in my mind uh, have we struggled over the course of the last year? Um, I think we're still working, and this was... Um, uh, another area of struggle in 2022, we're still working on becoming really organized around pastoral care. Um, it's tricky. We want to make sure um, that we are caring for each of you in the pews well, um, that your needs are being met by this church. Um, that includes the full range of pastoral care. It includes the attention you get from clergy, say before or after a surgery or an illness. It extends to the meals that might be dropped off um, on your front porch or on your kitchen counter as you're struggling through a difficult time. Um, it also includes the care uh, that we quite naturally give one another, um, those of us uh, with whom we have existing relationships already. So we'll be giving a little more attention to that over the course of 2024 and working on some structures that we can clearly communicate to you all when something goes wrong or something goes right that we need to celebrate, um, how you can get that information to us and how we can be um, more lovingly responsive to those needs uh, in, in the coming year. I would also say um, we have seen both uh, post-COVID and just historically across the timeline as church changes, the kind of first frontier that the church cha experienced real change and reorientation is in ministry to children, youth, and families. And we have continued to um, think creatively about how we engage that work 
and that how we engage it from a position of doing it from the present toward the future. Um, so we have continued to offer and expand some regular things that we've done in the past, like Kids Night Out. And um, I mean, we've got a ton of kids um, coming to that with um, Travis and, and Marin and Chandler um, helping with that mission and ministry. But we want to make sure um, that we are creating opportunities for younger people and those um, parents and grandparents and surrogates who support them uh, to have full voice uh, in our church when it comes to the embodiment of the faith so that we can pass on enough of the tradition to them that they understand it and then in the future can help us recreate it. The church itself um, is not experiencing uh, a trajectory of up and to the right. I mean the Little C Church. Um, the mainline denominational church has been on a trend downward for a very long time. We're not experiencing that here yet, but we shouldn't be naive to think that there wouldn't be a time when we experience radical transformation in the way that we do church and in the way that we embody it. And while we have no plans to alter what we do here, say, on a Sunday morning at 8 and 10, what we, those of us in leadership roles, clergy, staff, vestry, and other lay leadership want to do is we want to stay soft and open so that when opportunities for new expression are voiced upward from younger people, we can receive them with love and care and generosity and creativity and put them into effect um, across our church so that as the church changes, and I would say historically the church changes over a like 50 to 100 year time horizon. So if there's any, if any of you are sitting in the pews right now going like, wait, what? We're going to change things? No, I like the way we do things here. No, we're simply staying soft and open so that when change comes, both from the voices of the younger people in our congregation and from the partnership of the spirit and the spirit sometimes does a little destruction uh, historically before the construction that happens that we're ready to embrace it um, and that this church can experience another century of making a love spreading difference in this valley and well beyond does that Everybody cool with that? Nobody's freaking out. That's good. Yeah, I love it. I mean to tell you from the clergy perspective um, that we have an exceedingly strong church. Um, we str have very strong vestry leadership, some of whom we let go of today and will thank just as we elect a new slate of incredibly competent uh, leaders. We have a dynamite staff 
um, a wonderful group of people that we have assembled who, who understand what it means to work collaboratively for the benefit of our congregation and our community. And we have a wonderful church. Um, those of you who sit our pews, um, who regularly make financial contributions to this place that help us not just keep the lights on, but for us to keep the lights on and for us to keep this place warm, I mean both physically warm and spiritually warm, so that we might spread that warmth across our valley. We are in a very strong position, and I mean to tell you that uh, each piece of the puzzle matters. Um, whether you are sitting a pew or you are from time to time reading or bearing a chalice or you come and help prepare a meal um, for a reception for a funeral or you come sing a hymn or you come and create a craft for children or you come and pour over our P&Ls to make sure um, that we're doing everything right and we're being good stewards or you are videoing um, content and, and taking that content home and spending hours and editing it so that we might learn a new skill. Every piece of the puzzle matters, and none of us is more important than another. Uh, church, as I have said to you over the course of the last, this is my eighth annual meeting, and it is such a privilege. Golly, I just... You know, we have such a great thing here, and I'm so privileged to be a part of that. But what I mean to tell you is it is, it is never you, it's always y'all. Um, it is always about the collective um, that we have here. And it doesn't mean that we don't tend to each of our own individual needs, physically, spiritually, um, social, emotionally, we do. Um, but the work of our church is about um, this group of people that, that hang together week in and week out and do um, the wonderful mission and ministry that, that, that is St. John's, that always has been St. John's and will continue to be St. John's um, well into the future after every single one of us in this room is long gone. We have a vision, a clear vision for being a tight-knit church um, with also wide open doors um, for anyone who wants to join the work that we do. So thank you. Thank you, each of you, and thank all of you together uh, for the wonderful work that you uh, have shown. That's it for my clergy report. Um, I'm going to welcome uh, Annie Sampson.